0: Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Pat. Mm. I did joke around a couple weeks ago how I was taking over the show, and this is totally an inadvertent me taking over the show. Missy is out sick today, but we had Kenny and Danny King in, and we still wanted to have a conversation with them, so Tori Colossic joined me, and uh, we had a conversation with the King Brothers. They own King Brothers Clothiers, and they do bespoke, custom-fit clothing for... Celebrities, everyday people. It was a, a fascinating glimpse into their industry, and um, they started their own business, too. Yes.
1: They made me want a suit. Like, I'm like, I need a power suit, <laughs> for sure.
0: So we talked to them about starting their own business mm-hmm. and advice that they have and what it's like to fit a celebrity like the mountain spoiler (laughs) alert
1: spoiler alert they worked with the mountain from Game of Thrones
0: so um, this week is episode number 69 let's get into it elevating your brand building an online presence within your niche we are here with Kenny and Danny King and I've actually known you guys for several years. We went to college together, yeah, here in in St. Paul. Um, and so it's kind of kind of fun to you know, reconnect after a little while in, in totally different different worlds mm-hmm. at that too. Um, but they are founders, co-founders of King Brothers Clothiers. I said that right. Nailed God. it. Um, so I, first question is, what is King Brothers Clothiers? and how did you guys start making suits, basically? King Brothers
2: Clothiers is it's a custom suit company, and we do bespoke suits and any version of a suit. We do you know shirts, just a sport coat, just pants, but it's suiting up, and uh, we use a bespoke process, so we're able to account for all sorts of different body irregularities. Yeah, here, are, here's what bespoke means. Bespoke means spoken for one particular individual, and so. That, that manifests, is, manifests itself in what we do by, you know, from the initial cut of the cloth to the final fitting of, of the suits, everything is only for one client and that's the client that we're working with. And for the, for the listeners, uh, you'll be able to tell Kenny and Danny apart because Danny's the one who sounds like he's sick. right? Yeah,
0: it's actually, I'm just going through puberty, so somebody explain to me how I have three kids. I just watched a video that I narrated like five years ago in, and I sounded like I was 13 as well. I was like, who it's is that child? right? Yeah, I know. Oh, I it's, can't. I'll try to clear my throat off mic for all of you. <laughs> and the, and you guys are identical twins, too, so not only do you sound similar, you look similar. Yes, we're actually, I. so we've been told we're fraternal twins um and
2: we believed that our entire lives and we were talking about that with uh our mom maybe a a few months ago she's like yeah well i actually never had you tested i just felt like you were fraternal it's like mom (laughs) you're not a doctor (laughs) your dad is but that doesn't count (laughs) i think we probably are identical even though we spent 30 years of our lives thinking we were fraternal wow so
1: that happened to people I went to high school with. They their whole lives were told mm-hmm. they were fraternal, and you could not tell them apart at all. And so they finally got tested; they were identical twins <laughs> the whole time.
2: Yeah, and we've always we've always looked really similar. Um, it, it's ebbed and flowed a little bit, uh, but I don't I don't know how how we're not identical just based on the other fraternal twins that I know of and know they look completely different. They're not even interested in the same things. Right.
0: It's, Sometimes it's, it's a obvious. boy and a
2: girl. Like it's very the range of what means it means to be fraternal is huge. And I don't know that we fall into that. But we are twins. You're right about <laughs> that. Yeah. So do your suits fit each other? Are you the same size? We're really close. close. Yeah, really yeah. close. Some subtle differences, but for the most part, in a pinch, I could wear his jacket if I absolutely needed to, and he could wear mine. Yeah. I'd have to wrap it around me a couple
0: times. <laughs> but... <laughs> Ouch. Burn. Shots fired. <laughs> So you guys
1: got your start in 2011. So what inspired you to start your company?
2: Being twins, what we wore always communicated to people who didn't know us very well who we were. It was a a form of our identity. People would see that Kenny's wearing red and they would remember that. And they would assign what I was wearing with who I was. And this isn't something we're making up to try to, you know... Communicate why we went into business. Like we would, we would be in high school, and a teacher would be like, "Okay, you're wearing this. I'm gonna remember that today. You're wearing this. I'm gonna remember that today." And then that's how they would be able to tell us apart was our clothes. And of course, we didn't, we didn't come to terms with that when we were growing up. This is more, you know, looking back in retrospect, we're identifying that this is the why it happened the way that it did. But we've always seen what we wear as important, and it's communicated something about our identity to other people. And so that was the subconscious of why we were interested in it. Um, we never shared clothes growing up either. Right. We shared everything else. Like we shared a car, we shared a room, we shared a group of friends. A womb. We shared a womb <laughs> from day, yeah, day one or pre-day one. Um, but clothes was the one thing we never shared. We actually literally had two separate sides of the closet. This is my stuff, this is Kenny's stuff. We don't, we don't wear each other's clothes. So, but we always got along. We always got along really well and we always liked doing things together, you know, projects in school and what have you. We always thought we'd probably do something together, entrepreneurial down the road. And when we were each in our jobs after we had graduated from college, we started a line of ties with um sort of the. Do, do you guys remember Don Shelby? Oh from yeah, WCCO. Mm-hmm. So he's got a tie knot that's named after him called the Shelby knot. It's the knot I'm actually wearing right now. Fantastic! Very nice. <laughs> looks good. Nice job. Thank Very you. Very symmetric. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. and success. that's the point of it. Is it? It's really symmetrical. Um, and it's and it's easy. It's as easy as a half Windsor is, but it gives you like more of a look of a fuller, mm-hmm. like a full Windsor knot. So Don was freshly retired, and we wanted to do something together, Danny and I. And so we we connected with Don, and we put out a line of ties called the Shelby Knot Collection. And he was sort of the face of our first project. And it, it, with each tie, there was the story of how it became known as the Shelby Knot, as well as directions on how to tie it. So that was our first foray into entrepreneurship and. Through that process, we met somebody who was doing custom suits. And we identified we identified the custom clothing element of this industry as where we wanted to go uh, because we loved the details behind what it takes to create something that looks good. We loved the idea of being able to suit people up. Um, and, and so that's kind of the... We set ourselves on that trajectory to move away a little bit from the neckwear side of things because we didn't want to just be the tie guys. So from 2011 to about the end of 2012, it was very tie-focused. And then after that, we became solely focused on the on the custom clothing piece. We launched one other line of ties called the King Collection um, in that time. But at that point, our, our focus was on custom clothing. And we've been focused on that ever since.
0: You, s- you said you had other jobs while you were starting that tie yes. line, at what point were you like, Oh, well, we can't do two things separately, so let's do this King Brothers thing? Yeah, that's a really good question. And there there wasn't
2: there wasn't a good time to do it. I think that's one of the misconceptions that a lot of people who maybe want to do their own thing or have something they are doing on the side, they think that there's going to be this opportunity that opens up and it's this clear path toward being full time. But it really is just it's a it's a risk analysis. And some people are more uh, equipped to deal with certain risks than others. and. When we decided we needed to do it, it was I was a I was formerly in TV. I was doing morning news down in the Rochester, Minnesota market. and we at the end of my contract is when we did it because I couldn't leave before then. So and we, we know said, if we didn't do it, then yeah. he would have to sign another year. And I was at the point where I was living in the Twin Cities and I was doing my job and then also sort of doing the day-to- day things of King Brothers. And it was getting to the point where I wasn't enjoying either of my jobs because I just felt really drained all the time. And I I, I didn't like taking meetings by myself because our brand was King Bros. Mm And I just—it it, it was time. And even though it didn't feel—it didn't feel perfect. And even though financially it didn't really make sense, mm-hmm. we knew we had to do it. Yeah, it was the least bad option. It wasn't a great <laughs> option, but it was right. the, the least of the bad ones.
1: So, did you study fashion in college, or any like retail merchandising, or is this just something you were passionate
2: it, about? It—it it is solely born from passion. We never had a business class, um, which wish we would have <laughs> you know now it wouldn't back. back we really didn't have a business plan either, even right. though we we wrote one up. And I think that's sort of a, a two-way street though because on one hand, yes, could we have benefited and still would find ourselves benefiting from a background in business? Yes but I feel like if we were to have had the schooling or the the background in business we would have known what the road that lied ahead as far as starting a company and keeping it going and I don't know that we would have pursued it because we would have seen all of the red tape in front of us and I think our ignorance sort of served us well as opposed to knowing what we had to deal with and then just des- deciding it wasn't going to be yeah, worth we, it. Yeah, because we never saw a checklist of you have to do this, this, this this and this. We just would cross the things off as they came up and deal with everything as it as it arrived to us and at some point you're gonna have to figure out how the thickness of the thread you want to sew the labels on on the inside of the jackets oh and by the way who's gonna do the labels all these things that you don't think about until you're having to figure it out if we would have known all this i don't know that we would
0: have done it but i'm obviously glad that we didn't know (laughs) what we didn't know so as you were going and learning as you went along how did you how did you figure that stuff out so the the guy we were introduced to from Don Shelby really, really
2: early on was the guy who did all of his suits when he was on air and when we were dealing with the the Thai project and trying to figure out what does that look like, we were having meetings with don and and he finally just said to us, "Listen, guys, I'm going to introduce you to the only person I know who knows anything about clothes and making things and and manufacturing and all of that so he introduced us to his custom clothier um who ironically is named kingford king he goes by (laughs) so we met up with him and we sort of told him what we were planning to do he threw a tie on the table and said uh this is a really good quality tie Uh, i'm gonna go in a couple months and meet with these guys in new york you guys should come with if you're serious about this so we took vacation time from our other jobs and got ourselves to New York and started looking for manufacturing um which that I mean being in New York for the first time I mean Minneapolis is a big city but in comparison to New York especially having never been there it was just yeah it's a like com- a
1: dot on the map absolutely to New it York was city. a
2: completely overwhelming experience yeah. right so that was that was kind of what we did and it on that New York trip is what we figured out what custom clothing was and that when we identified then because everyone kept telling us oh you know King is a great guy he's a great guy to learn under we sort of identified on that trip that if he was willing we would sort of apprentice underneath him and we would learn the business that way.
0: So as millennials, mm-hmm. we grew up, uh, uh, you know, the first digital generation yeah. and all that <laughs> stuff. You're you're getting into a new business and trying to start something new. How did digital, social media, website, online, how did all of that play into starting and even, even to today? Mm-hmm. How does that play into your business? It is invaluable. Um, and we've been, like you said, you know,
2: all of us here, millennials, we've been through pre and during and, you know, uh, the social media stuff. And when we first started, we had a blog and nobody wanted to read it. Of course, I wouldn't want to read my (laughs) own blog. I'm so long winded and be like, out. I'm out. Well, plus our business is so visual that you can talk all day long about why something works and what patterns look good together and what a fit, what something that fits well is, but it's another thing to see it. Mm -hmm. And so we... We were using Facebook pretty regularly when we first started our business. We started noticing a big interest in what we were doing once we started utilizing Instagram. And we we adopted Instagram pretty early on in its existence. And we just started posting pictures of things, and made sure to be just really intentional about, you know, here's what we're doing. When we started using Instagram, it was it was sort of to let people know, hey, mm-hmm. we're not just doing ties; we're also doing suits, and, and here's what that looks like. Um, And we did the math our our first year full-time and we figured out, granted, we were being incredibly intentional with Instagram, but we figured out that Instagram alone made us over $100,000 our first year um, full-time in in business. Yeah, when when we would ask people, how'd you find out about us? They would often say Instagram and that was however many years ago it is a little bit different now that it's owned by facebook and it's you know there there back then there was no such thing as sponsored ads or you know those influencers types of yeah i mean that stuff didn't exist so it was it was much more in the early stages but yeah instagram was a huge part of our business, especially early on. And it remains important. Yeah. And, and Instagram has changed a little bit. Our business has shifted too. So it's no longer, you know, that big of a chunk of, of our business, but it's still important. And we still use it. We try to be active um, every day, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, a, it's just a good way for us to show people what we're up to. Another thing that is an invaluable element of Instagram is it gives people like us access to high profile people that we have no business yeah. having access to. It, it really is this in some senses, the great equalizer where, like Danny said, you, we can get potentially we can get in front of. It's the Apple Watch of of social media. Right. <laughs> we, we call the Apple Watch yeah. the great equalizer because we have clients who they used to wear like. $20,000 watches and then Apple Watch came out and I haven't seen them wear that yeah. watch since they just wear their Apple Watch. Yeah. Oh and it, it's funny. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, right. it. I'll take Bye. it, I'll wear it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it gives people like us a, a direct way to get in front of people we have no business getting in front of. Yeah. And so in our intentionality behind how do we use Instagram and what what's the type of content that we put out, we always ask ourselves the question, if I was a famous person, and I messaged me, would I take a second look at this at this business? And so every picture we post, we like to have sort of a, a lot of consistency in the aesthetic of what the picture is, and we like to to mix in some, you know, some outfit pictures. We like to show different body types of people, um, just to sort of set ourselves apart from other people doing what we're doing or an, or a version of what we're doing, and to be interesting to people who can choose to look at your page or might just decline to accept your DM.
1: Would you say that, Can you mentioned showing different body types and we're very much in like a body positive culture right now. Would you say that has helped you probably within these last few years? Cause I know in fashion that's become a huge thing with the, peop- the models people are using the um, types of fashion. Would you say that has helped you?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think one one real benefit that we have when we're making each individual piece individually and we're not just coming out with a whole bunch of, you know, a one size or off the rack. When we're able to cater specifically to every single person's measurements, what we're able to do and what we're able to accomplish with their specific silhouette is we're able to really help them feel like they look good and get somebody no matter how small or how big, to put something on and love what they see. We've had people cry at mm-hmm. their final fittings before because they've never they've never experienced enjoying the way that they looked. And when you're creating something for each individual body type that's unique only to them, you can manipulate things in a way that really show off the good parts and... Not hide, but don't draw attention to the the parts that they might be self conscious about.
0: So, in um, it's kind of funny. Our last episode last week was with Tony and Sam Isaacson, who are twin brothers or not twin brothers. They're brothers who in yeah. started their own real estate mm-hmm. business. So we had a lot of fun with them, and we're having brothers <laughs> on again this week. But you're just not having as much fun with these people. <laughs> no, no. well, I didn't say that. Oh my god! <laughs> but how did you guys decide that you wanted to do? I mean you guys are doing custom suits for big name people. Like you said, you were reaching out to celebrities and stuff on Instagram. How did you, how scary was that? What, what made you go into something so specific and select? I think it's,
2: it sort of just happened kind of how we've started and grown. Our business is just like one step at a time. And this seemed like the, the business we fell in love with when we first got a glimpse into it. So it's what we decided we want to do. And we've sort of just crossed each bridge as we've mm-hmm. gone along and we are we're in a in a great time right now where you can build and grow a business using tools that are available to you for free. And when we grew our business our first year full time after we would quit our jobs, Instagram, like I had mentioned, was sort of the the MVP of that year for us. And we sort of figured out, oh, it's interesting how you can create or grow a, a brand on social media. And one thing over the years that we've figured out as we've been running the company is yeah, we are such a niche and we know that and we're not, certainly we're not for everybody, but it's one of those things where it it, it doesn't take much for somebody to decide, okay, yeah, you know what, it's time for me to get something custom. And yeah, you're going to spend a little bit more than you would if you were to just go to the mall, but the the stuff lasts so much longer, and you're able to choose every detail. And then the more the more that these people become, uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? I don't know. I mean, we're not that <laughs> good at twins. I guess maybe we are fraternal. <laughs> <laughs> the more that they get involved in the process, the more fun they're having. And we have we have people who will coming just because they think it's a fun thing to do. But it is you know as as far as Instagram being the great equalizer. Our business is not at all just focused on the celebrities. That's what people ask us about. And that's, you know, what's fun to talk about. But the majority of people we work with are just people that have to wear a suit to work. Or we work with a lot of grooms because a lot of guys don't want to go rent a tux for their wedding. They want to buy something that they could wear later. Yeah. Uh, so we work with a ton of grooms. We work with everybody from people who are trying to get their first job to people who are at the top of their industry to famous people. I think one of the one of the hardest parts about our business is just the awareness that this industry even exists and like everybody knows what real estate is when you say I'm a realtor you know what that means when we say I'm a clothier they're like you're a what? (laughs) Um, And so I I feel like sometimes people don't even understand uh, they don't understand what custom clothing is much less that there's a difference between bespoke and made to measure and custom so it's we're like a niche in a niche. Yeah. Um, and that's something that it's it's always, it's kind of a chip on our shoulder. It's kind of an uphill battle, but it's something that we enjoy doing. And we enjoy um, having something to actively try to communicate to people. And we like the challenge of it. And social media helps us get our message out to people all over the place and helps us explain or at least Encourages people to
0: research what we do. What about I know you just said it's not all about celebrities But let's talk about some celebrities. Let's talk about some. So yeah, let's, yeah. Get, let's get after that. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the first celebrity that you messaged and really wanted to fit? Good question. Um,
2: so things have kind of morphed even within the last couple years of how How, how we get high-profile people the first celebrity for a while, it was all organic, where they were they were following us. They were asking us to come in. Now we've decided we're going to be a little bit pro, more proactive in reaching out to them and trying to get them to come in. The first one we messaged, Man Alive, um, who would it have been? We always identify like five local people that might be considered celebrities that we want to work with. And then usually what we do, honestly, is... We'll look at Twitter or we'll look at Facebook, and we'll see who's in town, and or, or who just signed a contract, or who did this or who did that locally. Because Minneapolis doesn't have a celebrity culture at all. We have professional athletes who live here in during the season, right? But Josh Hartnett moved away, and now there's nobody who lives. And Prince's so dad, hope. yeah. <laughs> hopes wife. Yeah. So gone. yeah, but there isn't much of a celebrity culture, and that's how that's how we got um, working with. Uh, the mountain Thor Bjornsson the world's strongest man in is we saw he was in town so So uh, yeah uh two viking seasons ago when he came to town to live as a real viking and blow the galahorn at the game and we saw that he was in town and shot him a a dm and we didn't know this at the time but he's super into instagram he's always on it (laughs) and so of course he saw the message and we're just like hey you know i would imagine you probably have a tough time finding a suit that you like and that fits you well so we're in town and if you have some time we'd love to we'd love to have you in and show you what we can do and he was like yeah i'll be there that was easy yeah yeah i mean even dming is new since instagram began right like we used to set up appointments through comments on pictures it's and it's completely changed now but what we what we say is if we if we message somebody and they they manage their own Social media, so they're they're looking through their DMs, and they happen to see our message. They're probably going to work with us, if 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 they happen to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we message a lot of people and we get responses from most of them. John Mayer didn't come in. Yeah, he oh, didn't wow. come in. It was, yeah. shot, <laughs> it was worth
1: a shot though. It was worth yeah. a shot, yeah. He
2: still hasn't responded to us. Can you believe that? Yeah.
1: Well, at least say, I'm not <laughs> interested. Like, yeah, I mean, really at least not. tell me a no, John. I know, right. Don't yeah, leave I'm me hanging.
2: Waiting. I'm still I'm constantly refreshing my I PMs. think it's going to be, yeah, two years later, I think he's going to be yeah. over it. So, I mean. He's moved on. But we, we'll usually get responses, um, but it's just a matter of whether or not it works out.
1: So what was it like fitting the mountain? I mean, he's a big guy. I remember obviously watching Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. but um, I watched a documentary on Netflix about the strongman competition. Born
2: strong, yeah. Born
1: strong, and he's a big guy, but he's kind of like a big. It appears like fluffball almost, like really nice guy. Yeah,
2: he's super nice,
1: but he's so big. <laughs>
2: yeah, he was. He's for sure to date the toughest body we've had to fit. Yeah, we've fat, we've fit. Fatter people. He's very lean. We fit taller people, but all things considered, just his shape is so extreme, and it's the toughest fit we've ever had. To yeah, we were we were talking it. with a client this morning. He was asking about what was it like to fit the mountain. We we're like, oh yeah, it was crazy. Yada yada yada. So I go and I measure him, and I measured his thigh, and I was like, his calf is bigger than your thigh. So
0: it's <laughs> there's that. um
2: But it was yeah. How big it was crazy. is his thigh? His his calf his is twenty three inches. Dang. Which yeah. is probably
0: it's the size, size of, of your waist. That's yeah. yeah. about the size of my waist.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so it was, I mean, it was, it was interesting. He His English over the last year has gotten so much better because he was, I mean, when he came in a year and a half almost ago, he was sort of just getting famous he was. He's always been a strong man. He's always competed in that sphere, but he was just starting to do like yeah. promotional things and businesses in the states. And so it was. It was kind of hard to understand him.
1: He's from Iceland. He's from Iceland.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we actually were just in New York with him last month. Um, he wanted some more stuff, and we were we were um, doing a final fitting on the season. You you say it better, Kenny? What is I it? I sure do say it better. Uh, it's the <laughs> it's the season premiere series finale tux that yeah. he's going to be wearing when the season premieres yes. in mid-April. Yeah. So we were doing that final fitting for him and we never had to ask him to repeat himself because his, his English has gotten so much better. So it was a much smoother process this second time and we already had the measurements and we already knew everything fit really well. Uh, but it was f- when he first came in, I've, I don't know that I've ever interacted with somebody of that size. And it was just it was unbelievable and then when we saw him this last month i like had forgotten how big he was it was startling he walked around the corner (gasps) oh no he's coming he he is he is just a beast though but he looks so good when he's suited up my goodness yeah it's
0: amazing then you um carl anthony towns is another Mm -hmm. client of yours too he's he's not exactly a normal-sized human no he's uh about seven feet tall the tallest person we've worked
2: with really long arms really long legs I mean, he's a sort of a quintessential basketball player. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a little more straightforward because he was a little bit more proportionate than uh, the mountain was, but
0: still, a, still a lot of fabric that has to it's go. It's a lot order. of fabric to yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, since you guys started, you've come a long way, and you now speak all over the place. You've written a book, yes, which is we have. which is exciting. Where Quick can read. they find
1: it? Where can they find uh, it? Amazon. Okay,
0: yeah, it's called The Image Advantage. All right. What what inspired you to write
2: that book? The the impetus behind writing the book was really to try to get on paper. It, it was a little bit selfish of us, you know, just cuz we wanted to get some things on paper and we wanted to be able to explain Answer questions that yeah everyone asks us all the time. So, it was, so part of it was that, but I mean ultimately it was we we were approached by the publishing company and they th- were like, hey, you have a cool story. How, would you be interested? And I had that on my bucket list was to write a book. So I was I was thrilled to be able to do it. But yeah, it really was just a way to get some. Questions answered for certain people, but also we figured it's going to be that's another good way to market ourselves. I mean, to have a book out there that people can can read and understand a little bit about our story, but also what we do. And And we and we know we have a unique lens into why dressing is important, because like we had mentioned earlier, our identities have been since we were born directly linked to what we were wearing and we don't see clothing as superficial and we wanted to communicate to people that it's not superficial to care about how you look and how you present yourself plus we've been on the receiving end of a lot of things that have really helped us because we present ourselves well and because we because we present ourselves in a certain consistent way things are available to you that otherwise might not be. And it's not just as simple as getting bumped to first class. Well, you know, one of the things that we bring up in the book is let's say there are two people who uh, have the same amount of schooling, the same amount of experience in the company and are at the same level. And there an opportunity comes up to meet with a huge prospective client, one of them dresses like a slob, the other one dresses really well. Who do you think the boss is probably gonna ask to give the presentation? I mean, it's that basic, it's really basic stuff, but it's it's good to be reminded of it. And certainly um, it's you know our livelihood and it's something that we're incredibly passionate about. But it was really just a way to sort of continue to encourage people and to get some stories on paper and to answer some questions before people asked.
1: Yeah. So bringing it back to digital a little mm-hmm. bit. Sorry, I'm like totally nope. veering off nope, what go you're going to say, Pat. So you said Instagram kind of was your bread and butter early on, but you've shifted away from that. So what are you doing kind of digitally and socially now just to keep your brand out there? I know you're still posting on Instagram. You have a gorgeous yeah. Instagram.
2: Yeah, it's I wouldn't say we've moved away from Instagram as much as our business has changed mm-hmm. and we're no longer an Instagram yeah. primarily. Business. And the way that we use it is mm-hmm. different okay. now, right? Than it so, was. What we do now is, as it relates to our website and really all of our social platforms, is we try to come up with unique content that sets us apart. And whether that means we fly to New York so we can do a photo shoot with the mountain in a gym wearing our suits, or I don't know if you saw over the holidays, we did like a Santa photo shoot where we I suited love that. up. It was actually Don <laughs> Shelby, so it was like full circle. <laughs> yeah. um, but we suited him up as like a really sharp clean cut Santa Claus that bright red suit was awesome yeah. That. yeah and 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 also just like coming up with creative we were we were in this building doing uh twin cities live um, talking about some different ways to step up your game in the new year just keeping ourselves in front of people and we're going to be promoting that as it comes out and as it airs so it's it's more so it's not as much that instagram isn't isn't a part of what we do or we've shifted away from it as much as we always have to constantly be thinking about how to be in front of people and how to get our, our brand out there. And it's more now of sort of a complement to what we do. Whereas we mentioned when we started, when we were trying to communicate that we're doing suits now and not just ties, it was really sort of an advertisement. We really used that as a way that people saw us and learned about us. Whereas now we don't need it so much to do that, but it's really, really helpful to have the Instagram because it's still able to communicate things to people, and we have some clients who will literally shop using our Instagram. They'll come in and they'll either have screenshots or they'll just go and they'll say, "I want that one. I want that one. I want that one." So it's it's more it's really more of an indirect way of reaching people and communicating our message. Um, and we don't rely on it to bring in new customers anymore. Now that it's you know the algorithm's different, but it's still a, a super important tool. And we would never. That would if we had to get rid of all social media, that would be the last one to go. Yeah, it's it. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it's going to be social, different probably as social, five years. Yeah, as oh, social yeah. media continues to evolve and change. How we continue to stay relevant in that avenue, um, because I don't I don't know what it's going to look like. But that's that's another important piece of our business is we're always evaluating what are we doing and is it working. And we really like to take advantage of Instagram and and Facebook in some capacity too. Um, just to see what's what's relevant and what we can do.
1: Have you ever thought about, this is just me like totally wondering, going off into like YouTube, I kind of feel like that's going to be the next big theme, theme, thing, especially now with younger generations because there's these YouTube influencers and they make Millions of dollars off like like these kids are playing with toys. I'm like, I could oh, yeah. have done that. Like, I know. <laughs> what the uh, heck?
2: Opening videos. Yeah, like, unboxing, yeah. unboxing, yeah. Like, unboxing There we go. I that's can, it.
1: I can open a Barbie. <laughs> like you don't have to film me. Like, my youngest kid is, like kid is
2: almost three and his favorite is there's like a dad who paints himself green like the Grinch. And opens presents, so it's like a combo <laughs> deal. And he'll and the and he'll be like, "Oh, I don't like this present." And I'll listen to my son, and he's like laughing and loving it. It's like this is just ridiculous. Oh
0: it's God. not TV anymore. No, it's all it's, about YouTube. Yeah. so yeah, that's
2: yeah, that's a, that's our next step, right? paint ourselves green and yeah yeah, yeah. All we talk about well this present is stinky i'm going steal christmas <laughs> yeah i mean youtube youtube would be great we we have subscribed to the fact that if we can't do it well we're not going to do it yeah so it's there's there's a few barriers i think uh in, in getting us to to full fully invest into youtube right now but who knows i mean who knows how things we're, will change yeah we'll see what happens in the next However long yeah. are are
0: you guys managing social media all on your
2: own, or yes. do you have somebody yep.
0: else? Yep. So if you send us a message, we're going to see it. So it's, it's got to be something that you guys can handle on your own, or maybe with a little bit of help. But yeah, yeah,
2: it's right now we're sort of a one man band with our business, um, with some help in in certain areas, but for the most part, it's it's us, it's our baby, it's it, one of our uh, non strengths. Is it's uh, <laughs> it's hard for us to let things go sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to figure out how do you grow a business and learn to let go certain things? Because there, there are people out there who are like, if it can be done by somebody else, it should be. Well, it's like, well that's a yeah, good idea. I agree. But yeah. yeah. How do you get to the point where you're willing to just let somebody do it and then actually trust them to do it? Or you're right. able If I'm going to give it to you, I'm micromanaging. For <laughs> sure, sure. I'm mouth breathing all over you while you do this.
0: So what's what's next for you guys, short term, long term? anything anything big coming up or what's what what are your goals in 2019 well we
2: don't actually know our goals yet so we're headed to at the end of this week we're headed to new york where um a couple of our major trade shows occurs twice a year and we will spend a week there and for three quarters of the time we'll be attending the trade shows and then the other couple days that we're there that's when we do our goal setting and our evaluation of last year. We have to get out of town to do this. Um, We can't sit in our office and do it because the phone rings or someone emails and then I'm answering it or what have you. There's too many distractions here. We're too bogged down with the day to day when we're here. So that's why we are really intentional when we leave town. So that's when we'll set the goals for the year. Um, I can tell you what our goal isn't. We were just having this conversation (laughs) with somebody downstairs. I think, in the, in the especially in the clothing industry, a, a lot of people assume that everybody's goal is to be, you know, international and be in every store. Um, based on what we do and what we love and what we fell in love with about the custom clothing industry, it's not our desire to ever be, you know, something that is in every single store that gets super Saturated. Um, we like the speciality of it. We like the um, individuality of it. And we're still sort of trying to figure out exactly what that looks like as far as growth is concerned. Because um, there are really there are practical implications and realities, like financially, specifically. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really hard. That's to, kind of uh, a big one. Yeah, it's kind of I big. Mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to it's hard to figure out how do you realistically set a path for growth and, and be able to do that. So it's it's a constant evaluation of what's important and, and how do we continue to do operate on the level that we wanna be operating on and have those strategic conversations and have those st- strategic plans and steps to take for growth. So if you know, let us know. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> please.
0: I'll give you some goals, why yeah. not? Awesome. We
1: can throw them at you. Um, I love talking to you guys because you sound so intentional, like you're very intentional in everything you do, which I think we can all learn from a little bit. I know I definitely can be a little more intentional, but for someone who maybe is just starting out and wants to start their own business, whether it's you know, making custom clothing or mm-hmm. not, what would be a piece of advice you would give them?
2: Good question. I Well, first of all, thank you (laughs) because intentionality is something that we sort of pride ourselves in and it's not easy to do that. So thank you for (laughs) saying that. That's nice. Um, I do think if somebody's toying around with, you know, whatever, starting their own thing or trying to build something they've already started. um, Intentionality is going to be important and you're going to have to make sure that you double down. I will say um, for sure. Focus on what you're already good at, and especially in academia, that's sort of counterintuitive where, you know, oh, you're really bad at math work harder on math till you're better. But the thing is, each, each of us has at least one thing that we know that we're so good at and we don't really even have to try. And if somebody isn't good at it, they might be trying, but you're still going to be better at them than, than them at that, even if you don't try. And so identify early on what are your strengths and really double down on those. And we're not all at a point where we can, like we were saying earlier, hire, hire everything else out, but at least focus on the things that you're great at, because that's really go- what's going to help you rise above everybody else, it's not going to be getting okay at the thing that you're really bad at. It's going to be perfecting the thing that you're already great at. And that's the thing that people are going to be drawn to. And that's the type of thing that you're going to find success with. Yeah. And, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, too. We used to be so intentional about what the clothes that we would wear because we loved it when people could tell us apart. Then we started this business and we're like, screw it. Let's just be the king bros because no one else has that. And we could try to, to to continue to be individuals and do our own thing, but it's like, we're twins. Let's just capitalize yeah, on that. Use and what there, you've got. Yeah, there are other things that we just have decided to double down on and have worked really well. Um, my advice to people that are, you know, dipping their toe in the water of entrepreneurship. We'll see if his is better than mine. <laughs> it will be. Um, <laughs> is don't rest your potential success on, other people. And what I mean by that is don't don't allow yourself to be put in a position where you're gonna succeed if this person does what they say they're gonna do. Because chances are that person but that person's not going to. And an example from our lives is when we started our tie line, we based the number of ties that we ordered on how many, we just sort of did some some simple math on how many people had expressed interest in our idea as they heard about it. And we said, if each person who expressed interest can, we'll buy one tie, we'll sell out. And I still have a basement full of ties. Yeah. <laughs> and the ties, they were more expensive than if you go to Marshall's and buy a tie, but it wasn't a crazy investment. So we learned then we can't base our plans on what other people say they're going to do because they're probably not going to do it. And That's probably why we have a hard time letting go of things. Yeah. Maybe.
1: <laughs> it could be. Yeah, yeah this is a some trust issues we're getting it out Yeah, where's that? <laughs> co- I'm going to lay down on a couch here yeah, right. but it's, got these it's, chairs. it's not it's
2: not like me bad mouthing other people yeah. but it's me saying if you're going to start a business yeah you should start the business and you should succeed you should be able to put yourself in a position where your business succeeds because you have made it succeed yeah and don't don't put yourself in a position where that you know friend from friend from college no offense Pat um, <laughs> or somebody else said oh yeah you know I've got this guy who's got this thing going and we're going to really do this because they're not going to do that. Either they won't or the person who's saying that they've got this great connection doesn't or whatever. Um, put yourself in a position where where it's, it's it's easier for you to just sort of do it. And not you're never going to do it on your own. Luck's always going to play a factor too. Um, but don't marry yourself to somebody else's plans or ideas for you.
0: So where can people find you, connect with you, obviously, Instagram? Yep,
2: Instagram, King Bros Clothiers um, is our handle. Uh, Kingbrosclothiers.com is our website. And um, we're, we're on Twitter as well. We're on Facebook. But Instagram, our website, those are going to be the the probably give you the best glimpse into who we are and what we do.
0: Yep. Sweet. Well, we'll put links to those in our show notes for this episode, too, so anybody listening can can check out that website and check out Don Shelby in a fabulous red suit last, Absolutely. last <laughs> Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming in. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks. So all the links we talked about, their social media profiles and their website for the King Brothers will be in the show notes for episode 69 at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP69. We would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast We put a new episode out every single Wednesday. And if you subscribe, you get that delivered right to your podcast player. And if you're on iTunes, we would love a review and let us know what you think of of the podcast so that we can keep putting out content that's good and not put out content that's bad.
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll have a new episode next week. So we will talk to you then.
0: The Social Feed is a production of Hubbard Interactive with music provided by Minneapolis-based artist John Atwell.